I have been trying to make a good freaking cup of coffee in my Kalita wave. That was my goal when I got home. So like master the Kalita all week, seven straight days. And I have only made maybe two good cups. Like I just, I don't know what it is. I feel like that brewer is so forgiving and so easy. It's just like, just like a V60 Uh, that just tastes better. I thought I'd be an expert because of this show, Chris. You are an expert. I think you just, you know, don't like good things. The cup of coffee I made this morning tasted like wood chips, and I would know because as a child I ate wood chips. Well, did you like it? <laughs> no, I did not. Well, what beans are you using? Because wood chips definitely sounds like a beans problem. I was using these fantastic beans from Little Waves Coffee Roasters in uh, North Carolina, former okay. roaster of the year. And All I've right. had some really great cups out of the same bag. So, All right. All um, right. Like I made a great V60 out of them and I made a great, like they've been great for everything, but I cannot get a good cup with this. I think it's it's definitely a user problem. Aww. So we're going to call this episode. I just effed it all up <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and we should get started if you're ready. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to this Coffee Smarter Chat hosted by me, Ryan Wolt of Roast West Coast. On this podcast, Coffee Smarter, we try to help listeners and readers of our coffee newsletter, which you can find at roastwestcoast.com, make a better cup of coffee at home. I am joined once again by a true captain of industry, Chris O'Brien. He is the founder and head roaster of Coffee Cycle Roasting in Pacific Beach, San Diego, You can also find his fresh roasted coffees available online at coffeecycleroasting.com. Hey, Chris. Hello, Ryan and wonderful listeners. If you're listening, it says in our notes that Chris is supposed to say what's up there, which he obviously did not do. Uh, Chris, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Let me start by saying thank you for coming back. Not just to talk about coffee, but literally coming back. I know you were recently traveling through Ecuador. You visited the Galapagos Islands. How amazing was that trip? And more importantly, did you have a chance to drink some good local coffee? Uh, The trip was amazing. I'll say there was some good local coffee. I I have a lot of feelings about getting served coffee at Origin, especially when you're on kind of a a tourist experience. But it was an amazing trip. It was great. It's still great to be back. I always love coming back to San Diego. But yeah, trip, trip of a lifetime kind of thing. So yeah, it was wonderful. I went to Ecuador in 2008, maybe, and I didn't know this because I wasn't into coffee at the time, but I actually visited a coffee farm at Origin and didn't understand how cool that was until (laughs) years later. And I was like, hey, I got to do that. That was super cool. Like we took a farm tour and had coffee and it was pretty awesome. Uh, My wife lived in Ecuador for a year when she was younger. So we were visiting uh, friends and family down there. Normally, I would take this moment to say, what are we talking about today, Chris? You tell me. But today, I already know because I'm the one asking you to clear up something that has happened to me recently. So here's here's the story. I fucked up a coffee. Excuse my language. This is not normally an adult language show, but today it is. I <laughs> effed it up bad. I brewed a recipe at 30 grams of coffee to 435 grams of water, uh, 15 to 1 using the V60 pour over and a medium fine leaning fine grind, which I did on the my grinder, which you're familiar with. 
does a pretty decent job at that level. I set it all up on the counter. I started my pour. I let it bloom. I pulsed it. I did everything right except for one major thing. The <laughs> mug that I chose was too small. Oh, I could see that it was too small as I was pouring it, but I thought maybe it'll be like right to the rim and I'll be able to salvage this. I won't be able to screw it up. I hoped it, I wished it, but it did not work out. And when the mug was full, the coffee continued to drain down through the V60 hole, push the already brewed coffee out of that mug onto the counter. I kind of grabbed the handle. I was a moment of panic. I should have, I could have handled this much better. But I grabbed the handle of the whole thing and I tried to shift it over to the sink and then slide another cup underneath the V60 to catch the remaining coffee that was coming out. If for no other reason than to prevent some mess, but I thought maybe I can catch it and save that coffee and I can put it all together into one bigger cup and I'll still have a great cup of coffee. But then I did all that and the coffee just sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It was a real shame too, because it was a really great cup of coffee. I'm actually drinking from the same bag today. I screwed this one up too, as I mentioned earlier, uh, So I know it was a good cup of coffee because I've had good cups out of that. I've had a good V60 cup out of the same bag of coffee from Little Waves in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Shout out to them. So I know that the coffee wasn't the problem. The problem was me. And I'm wondering why. Why can't I pour, brew a coffee, you know, brew half the coffee into one cup, brew the next half into another cup and say split those up and they taste delicious. Because I did everything right for about half of that. First of all, I'm proud of you for doing everything right for that half of that. <laughs> but, you know, this is uh, this is definitely a problem. And you're not the only one that's going to experience this at some point. I've, I've certainly overflowed a cup of coffee before when I was making it into a cup. Um, it's one of the reasons a lot of people that make these brewers like the V60 or the Kalita Wave also make these uh, glass servers so that you definitely have enough room for all the kind of cup that you might brew. That being said, there are a lot of coffee cups that are fairly small, and what you were brewing was pretty large. Uh, And in the coffee world, you know, 300 grams of water, 400 grams maybe at the outside is is a fairly large cup for a a single single brew. I was thirsty. I don't... (laughs) What's with all the judgment? (laughs) Well, you know, there is no judgment because I say have have two cups of coffee. You know, that's... that's, (laughs) That's my my uh, my endorsement there, but it's actually funny because you said you were having problems with your Kalita Wave, and I think that this is actually the number one thing that you should try to improve your Kalita Wave. I would try to make a smaller cup in that Kalita Wave. I do make a smaller cup. I have the smaller version of the Wave, and so I do a twenty gram coffee. I'd go even down from that. Really, I'd go down from that. I'd go like twelve to fifteen. Okay. Yeah, the smaller Wave is supposed to be pretty small. Uh, just so you know, yeah, the larger one uh, can hold 20 to 25 or so, but even 25 is kind of pushing it for the larger one. So good to know. Yeah. And I've made cups that I liked larger than that, but, but getting back to topic, getting back to topic, you know, when we're brewing coffee, it's a pretty complex thing. Not all the coffee taste stuff gets in the liquid all at the same time. We're not adding, you know, one unit of coffee per second. There's different parts of the coffee that are going in over the time. 
And it's not as simple and straightforward either as, oh, all the salts go in, then all the acids go in, then all the sugars go in. It's, you know, when we talk about principles of coffee extraction or how does, how does extraction work and what is under extraction and all these, all these different things that we talk about, we like to simplify it like that. But that's not actually how it works in the real world. You know, it's, it's, it's a good model to help us understand and help us gain an understanding of, of, of how, how our coffee is brewing and how it works and how to make it better. But the fact of the matter is, is that as you're brewing it, there's a lot of complex interactions between that water and that coffee. So complex that if you try to mathematically model it, it's staggeringly difficult to understand. I know because I've tried to read papers on that sort of thing, and I find them staggeringly difficult to understand. <laughs> but I think you were right on with your attempt to kind of slide another cup under there and then maybe mix them all together. It's kind of funny because it reminds me of something that I once did um, while training in, uh, in, in pulling espresso. Um, which is different, just a different kind of brewing. It's definitely got some other other complexities to it. But one of the training tools that I was taught was something called a ruler shot. And you don't actually need a ruler for this, but you know you can kind of do the same thing with a pour over instead. But you basically put three vessels, three shot glasses, three coffee cups underneath your brewer, your espresso, whatever it is. And then as the shot is pulling, as the brew is going on, you slide the ruler down so you get the first third the second third, and the third third. Mm. And the idea behind it is to then taste the first, second, and third thirds so you get an idea of what kind of compounds are being extracted into each part of your brew. Um, That's really so, interesting. Yeah, I just think you kind of could have accidentally made yourself a, uh, a ruler <laughs> a ruler brew, and it's definitely worth doing and trying and just kind of tasting just to kind of see what parts of the coffee taste like what. So uh, simplifying what you just said, because it's early in the morning and I've only had half a cup of coffee, essentially when you're brewing a pour over or an espresso, as you just mentioned, not all the flavors are coming out at the same time. Sometimes they're all coming out at the same time, but it's, <laughs> it's not as simple as like step ABC. So when I overbrewed my vessel, when I had this too small of a vessel and I lost some of the coffee on the counter and then I tried to save the bottom part of it, I was still missing a chunk of the coffee that all combines to make essentially what the coffee roaster was hoping I would be drinking, right? So exactly. the flavor profile they were shooting for was dependent on me kind of brewing it all as one and not throwing out the middle part. Exactly. It's kind of if you're making a recipe of some kind of food in the kitchen and you just miss a big ingredient or two. I mean, just skip it, or you, you accidentally only use a, a quarter of what you were supposed to. The, the dish isn't going to come out right. So you're saying I can't just take baking powder instead of baking soda, Chris? Not that I've <laughs> ever done that. Just kidding, I have. <laughs> Our summary then, since I'm the one who asked the question today, I'll do the summary, is essentially that, that when you're brewing a cup of coffee, if you make a mistake like that and you lose a chunk of that liquid it's going to mess with the flavor that you get out of your cup. Now, that might not mean that the cup is undrinkable. I'll just say that. Uh, in this case, it was. And I th not only threw that cup down the drain, I threw that cup away because it was you know, bad juju in it now. <laughs> just kidding. I would never waste it. It's very early. I'm very tired. <laughs> but essentially, the goal of brewing is that you're keeping all that liquid together and all the different parts are blending together like the opposite of a bomb pop. 
<laughs> you need all the flavors at once to make it work. Yeah, yeah. I um, you're gonna send me a case of those bomb pops later, right? Because I have no idea what that is. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna bring you a case of uh, a popsicle that looks like a bomb pop, but is even better. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Johnny Pops. I'm literally wearing a Johnny Pops t-shirt right now, Chris, because they're the I'm best sure. popsicle in the world based out of <laughs> Minneapolis. They don't pay me. They're not a sponsor of the show. I just think they are the best popsicles ever. I think you just like the t-shirts. I see you wearing one of those t-shirts pretty much every time I see you. Definitely every time we do one of these recordings. <laughs> I do like the shirts and they send you one every time you drink enough popsicles and send the sticks in like you're 12 years old. But I'm an adult who still needs t-shirts and figured why waste a, a good t-shirt opportunity all right well i respect that um mostly <laughs> sort of <laughs> uh chris you are truly the people's champion you're my oh. champion oh. and i'm glad that you made it back in country i'm glad that we are going to get a chance to see each other in the near future yes I, ass- I assume all things go well thanks for talking to me about coffee once again always a pleasure ryan thanks for having me Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coffee Smarter titled I Just Effed This All Up, part one of many wrong-sized vessels for my coffee brewing. Some key takeaways from today's pod. If you're making a cup of coffee using the Kalita Wave, make a smaller cup. I've been doing so at Chris's direction, and it has made a huge difference. Still haven't gotten the perfect cup yet, but I'm working my way towards it. Be aware that coffee theory, or coffee explanations of extraction, like the ones we share on this show even, don't always match up perfectly with real-world results. There are just too many variables. When your coffee is brewing, not all of the flavor is extracted equally over time. The first third will taste differently than the last third, and all of those sectors mixed together is what creates that amazing flavor in your mug of coffee. An espresso teaching technique that can be used when brewing a pour-over is to create a ruler shot. Brew your coffee into three different vessels, so you can actually taste how different the beginning, the middle, and the end is. You'll get a much better idea of how coffee is balanced when you drink a final brew with them all together. Finally, I'm wearing a Johnny Pops t-shirt while recording this right now. I do love the popsicles. If the Johnny Pops folks are listening to this podcast, hit me up. Let's partner together. Coffee popsicles? Uh, yeah, please. And that is all for today's episode of Coffee Smarter. Thank you for listening. You can find all of this information and all of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network podcasts and posts on roastwestcoast.com. Sign up for the newsletter there so you don't miss any episodes of Coffee People, Coffee Smarter, or Coffee With. In addition to having the smartest or soon-to-be-smartest coffee drinkers, readers, and supporting listeners, We have incredible industry partners, partners that you should check out. You'll find links to them on the front of RoastWestCoast.com, and they include Coffee Cycle Roasting, Roastar Coffee Packaging, Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, First Light Whiskey, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Civets Roasting Machines, Ascento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Hasea Coffee Source, and Moster Coffee Company. This episode is, was, has been written and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. 
Chris O'Brien has joined me as an executive producer on this podcast. Be awesome and drink good coffee. Smarter 